You're listening to We Podcast and We Know Things, and this is Ryan Airy from Screen Crush with your mom. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 242 of We Podcast and We Know Things, where we recap all of the week's nerdy news. My name is Greg Hall, and alongside of me is almost always the best damn voice in the business, Sam Matura. You want to get nuts? Come on. Let's get nuts. I want to first and foremost apologize to everybody who listened to both of our episodes from last week. Uh, because I, I, tried, I love that you're starting with this. I tried a new audio setting and oh. what would you think I was going to do? Oh, here. I thought you were going to apologize to the world about your complaints about grandma's boy. Cause our boy Pino <laughs> shot us in a group text. Like, yo, that was the best movie that Greg's literally is like, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I'm, I'm ashamed is what I said. So I was like, I was like, Oh, look at Greg. He's going to come out in the open and, and apologize. Good well, for him. Well, I, I'm not afraid to do it. You know, I'll do it. I'll do it. We actually had somebody else uh, on there as well on the IG slip into the DMS. I'm trying to find, uh, oh. Uh, oh, st- I stopped the pod. Stop the presses. Greg hates grandma's boy. No, it's like, I'll come around. I, you know, I just haven't watched it in a decade. So it, it just hurt everyone's heart. Uh, so what I was going to say was, I'm really sorry for the audio quality coming from me last week as uh, I've tried to overcorrect a lot of times and I turned my gain up way too loud last week and I forgot to adjust it back. So in my head, I sound fine. Um, but when I put on the episode, I was really crackly, especially at the beginning of all my sentences. So I just wanted to throw that out there and say apologies for the audio quality last week. I fixed it, hopefully, this week. Um, but there's that. We got a really good show for you here on 242. It's it's going to be really fun. We thought it was going to be a slow news week. It turned into like not the busiest week ever, but it seems like all the stories that came out were really big. And that's what I'm really excited about. It's not it's not the it's not the quantity, Sam. It's how you use it. <laughs> that's what they say uh, <laughs> we got our picks of the week we got trivia six and a half for me six for sam in our race to 11 win by two we're gonna go movies first where we have batman the long halloween part one's review i know sam has been looking very forward to this film uh, it, it, you know amazon they're slacking it, it should be here and i believe two days it's okay uh, i'll be patient they pushed it back because of prime day maybe they were so i i, I was a little bit late on the pre i i I believe uh, I pre-ordered a day before, and I was hoping, but no such luck. By the time you're all hearing this, Mario Golf Super Rush is out, and I pre-ordered that on Amazon. So I hope to have it on Friday by the time my child naps, because that would be nice. Um, so I could fuck around with it for an hour or so. But uh, I, di- I digress, as I say. Um, I got it for $4, Super Rush. So like, it can't yeah, be any better. I had an Amazon gift card for 50 bucks, and then I had some credit from them left over. $4 for Super Rush. Yeah, I'm happy. Uh, But back in movies, we got that review. We got another look. This is the third big trailer for uh, James Gunn's Suicide Squad, and arguably maybe the best. So we'll talk about that trailer. Um, A childhood classic is getting a sequel. The most obvious news story in the history of news stories concerning Harrison Ford happened. Can't wait to talk about that one uh and then we have some dc stuff around the flash and the snyder cut so we'll talk about that in tv this is what we do for our for those marvel disney shows is instead of going week by week we do overall impressions after the first one then we'll hit you with our halfway point and then the end we'll give the spoiler so this time since episode three of loki just wrapped uh we'll talk about spoiler free our impressions of the first half of the show now that that's over and it only has three episodes left. So what did we think overall of the series to this point? But again, spoiler free. We have not only Smallville, but Supernatural. 
stories tonight. So who Sam, the hell would have thought? And what's funny is I started watching Supernatural right after Smallville. So it's just so funny that both of them happen to have a story freaking right in the same day. And like, yeah, they have, they both happened the day we're recording this, which by the way, June 24th, 2021, uh, Thursday night. So, um, any stories that break after eight twenty nine PM, we don't have, <laughs> I'm sure there's going to no, be, this stuff. was like, literally we added it two minutes before we hit record. One of my most recommended shows on Netflix is getting its third season, uh, date. So we'll have that for you. And then Sam will take over in gaming where we have the review for Mario golf, super rush. We have a list of the top most pre-ordered games post E3. We've never done this one before. It's like the opposite of NPD. It's like you haven't given us your money yet, but we want to know what you like. So we'll go over that list. Insomniac is doing more craziness in the gaming world and a beloved console just turned 25 and we're going to give our top three favorite games from that console. You're going to want to stick around for that top three. That was tough, dude. I, 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 I made my top three, and I'm pissed about it. Me, me too, because I like, left I, off some bangers. Yeah, so I'm saying, like, you, you, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm unhappy. Uh, <laughs> let's put it this way: as a little tease for everybody out there, we could have had a top sixty-four, uh, and so, and and I bet it like, wouldn't have been. Enough. I would have had a solid top twenty in the music space. I'm going to do my impressions of a new album by the Brown Goose. The album is called "This Is the Way." Yes, that is the phrase uh, that they went with. I, I dig the title. Uh, absolutely and then sam's got what do you have a tcg tonight i got a cgc tcg all right so without further ado let's start it off where we customarily dear with our picks of the week so last friday i just you know i was like you know what let me check on netflix it, it it's been a while haven't seen a movie and the first thing that pops up in netflix ruroni kenshin the final this was the fourth live action uh, based off the anime, the manga, Roroni Kenshin, and I didn't hear anything. Um, I didn't hear that Netflix acquired this film. It just shadow dropped. Boom, here it is. Because as soon as I saw, like, I even checked online. It wasn't even, like, noted that it was on Netflix. Like, I, no promotion, just dropped. I was like, holy shit, stopped everything, had to watch it. And again, as I, oh, I said about the original trilogy, they just, their fight choreography, action, they move different over there. They literally move different. And it it's some of the best action I've ever seen. Roni Kenshin to me is the best live action anime, hands down. I've I you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with uh Cowboy Bebop, but right now, Roni Kenshin, it, it, it's the absolute best. Now, this wasn't based on um anything from the anime. This was kind of based on the last manga arc or the final arc of the series. Or if you watch Samurai X, he was in Trust and Betrayal. Um, this guy was Enshi Yukashiro. He basically comes back to Tokyo to kill Kenshin because he did something years ago. I don't want to kind of spoil that. I'd rather you watch the movie and you kind of say it. Um, I watched it in Japanese with English subtitles. You, There is an English dub on Netflix if you want to, if, if you prefer that. Um, uh, the, the actor that played Kenshin Himura, Takaru Soto. He is, he's freaking amazing. He deserves all the awards, like his action, his fighting style. He is like right from the anime, the manga. He is like the perfect portrayal as Kenshin. Um, or you have our boy Hajime Saito. He comes back. He was from the first three. Aishu Shinomori. These were like all the anime guys that had the awesome like uh, Shinsengumi, all the fighting techniques. So it was like my favorite guys. You have a um, basically a cameo of a surprise 
I'll say, you know, maybe villain from the first two, three movies that of Roni Kenshin. Um, it, it, again, th- this was just freaking phenomenal. I, I absolutely loved it. It made already 34 million just in Japan alone. Uh, it's a little over two hours. Um, I would say it would help if you watched the first story to understand kind of more about the story. And I found out that the fifth movie that's coming out is actually a prequel that I there's still nothing released. Like it's already out in Japan, but nothing yet on Netflix or over here. But that's based on how he got the cross shaped scar. That's going to be when he was still the Batosai and still like basically a killing machine. Um, it, so if you if you like anime, if you never watched Roni Kenshin, read the manga, you want to start watching the movies. Unfortunately, the the three movies aren't on Netflix, so they're on Amazon. If you want to check them out on Blu-ray, but then you have to check out Roni Kenshin: The Final. Uh, I am going back to the well on one of my picks of the week. Well, my pick of the week this week. It is an Apple TV Plus. I continue to love. Love, love, love that service for $5. It just doesn't get any better. And uh, I'm just looking for for something different. And I love the newsroom. It's one of my absolute favorite mm. series ever, right? Just like you. You love the newsroom. Yep. It's absolutely fantastic. It was. I, it, think it, it was, I was just thinking about because I was just watching an interview with Jeff Daniels. And and, I was just and thinking I, about it. We had a top three. I think it was like HBO shows or something. It was on your list. It was on both of our lists. I can't remember what the exact top three was. Like maybe Cancel HBO, too soon I think or something, it might have like been that. something like that. Yeah. Um, but this show is that I'm about to talk about is ripped very much from that cloth and that it's spun around a little bit. And so it's called the morning show, um, on Apple TV plus it was one of the flagship shows that actually launched with the service, dude, Jennifer Aniston. Oh, yep. That's it. I know the exact show you're talking about. Reese Witherspoon, Steve Carell. Um, who am I missing? Um, Billy Crudup. Um, oh my God. Who's the uh, Who's the dude from the league? Mark Duplass. Like oh, okay, okay. So I gotcha. just like that alone, and we're not even talking about the rest of the cast. Like that's just a couple of the people in it. Long story short, it's like a look at the lives of the people behind the most popular morning show in America, called the Morning Show. It immediately starts with the big conundrum of the season. It hits you in the first 10 seconds and then the whole rest of the season is built on that. It doesn't like wait to do it and then yeah. you figure it out. Like they hit you hard over the top and like hard, hard. And then it takes you places and it's just like a look behind broadcast journalism and, you know, and a look behind instead of print journalism, like the newsroom was, this is television and like a look behind egos of star, like star TV personalities. And like, I think they nail that a lot. And Jennifer Aniston is just phenomenal in I her think, role. Wasn't she nominated for some, for this? I think she was. I'm not 100% sure. She plays Alex Levy. She's one of the two on-air anchors of the morning show. And I'll tell you, she carries this show, Reese Witherspoon, like a 1B. They're both extremely strong. Now, it's got 10 episodes for a season one. Season two comes back this September. So just a couple of months from now, September 17th. That'll also be 10 episodes. So... It'll be 20 episodes by, I don't know, November. And, you know, it's really good. I'm about two thirds of the way done season one. I'm taking my time with this one and I'm really, really enjoying it. It's got a little bit of comedy, but it's a drama. It's definitely and it's definitely not one for the virgin ears. So um, cannot recommend enough. If you like the newsroom, like this is a perfect show for you. It's 8.4 out of 10 with 60,000 people 
uh, voting on it. So it's, it's, it's a highly acclaimed show. Um, Really, really, really like it. So it's the morning show on Apple TV plus for me, and I couldn't recommend it enough. So uh, there's that. Let's get into it. Our trivia. It is 6.5 for me, six for you in our race to 11 win by two. And I'm going to give you the question first. Yeah, you already said I'm I'm fucked. It's already a hard question. So, uh, but we we don't really discuss our show t- like our trivia stuff beforehand. But this time, Daddy had to take a little dookie before the show. So I gave Sam a little bit to think about while I was upstairs doing my business, and uh, I said, Sam, it's going to be a hard question on Nintendo sixty four. Just think. So here it is. So besides Mario sixty four, there was only one game that was a launch title. For the N64 in both in the United States, Japan, and Europe, what game was it? Do Wait, you say, un- say, did, say I say the, did I say the question clear enough? Say, say it again. So, when the N64 launched, you know how games launch with consoles. They're yeah, called yeah. launch titles. Yeah. So, in the United States, Japan, and Europe, only two N64 games launched simultaneously with all three of those: Mario 64 came out in all three at launch and only one other game came out at launch for all three of those regions usa japan and europe what was that game uh can i get some answers please (laughs) sure sure was it pilot wing 64 was it turok dinosaur hunter was it fifa soccer 64 or was it star wars shadows of the empire let's go pilot wing 64 that is correct hey i'll take it I'll take, I don't know, Turok, I wasn't feeling it. Went with the old gut. I thought you were going to go FIFA because it's a sports game and they come out all the time and they're just like easy. Uh, My money was on FIFA. I'm glad you didn't. I'm glad you got it right. You were sitting on six for a while. Uh, Dude, I I was, I needed it. We're all knotted up. And your question, I don't know. It's it's a toss up. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Who was the first non-villain to join the Suicide Squad? In the comics, uh, I guess. Yeah, I, I I think you might need the answers, but it, you know. can you can you without giving me answers? Can you give me like a year, like a time? Not even a year. Just give no, me a decade. Uh, you, I, you've never. I'll say you didn't see him, or you didn't see. Uh oh, it's a him. Yeah, so I, that gives up one of my. Uh oh. You know, so you have a real good quick, shot. If, you fix your, if if one of your choices is a girl, change it real quick to a guy in your head. I don't care. I don't yeah. want I don't want the I don't want it to be too easy. I don't want to have a sixty or a thirty three percent chance. I don't know. I'm gonna need the answers. I, I can't even think of of a hero in the suicide squad. Okay. You have did you want the answers? Just want to confirm. Yeah, yes, please. Okay. You have A bronze tiger, B Nightwing, C Black Canary, D Red Hood. Okay, so it's not Black Canary, because that's a woman. You said it was a guy. So it's the guy well, I've never... all part of my plan. <laughs> <laughs> so so it's, it's the person I've never heard of, and then Nightwing and Red Hood? Yeah. Well, because they're both similar, and I don't know the other guy, I can't even... I don't know. Tiger's Blood? Bronze oh, Tiger. Sheen? Thank you. All right, I thought Charlie Sheen had joined the Suicide Squad, which wouldn't shock me, by the way, if Tiger's Blood, Charlie Sheen did. I'm going to go with him. You are correct. It all is right. Bronze Tiger. All he right. is in charge to look out for basically like Rick Flag's role to look okay. out for the villains. Gotcha. 
got you. So it is seven for me, six and a half for Sam. We both got them right on a women of prayer. <laughs> both, both of us, <laughs> literally. Hey, sometimes you need a little bit to, to spark, you know, get that spark back. Well, you won't need a spark for this one, Sam. You've been waiting long enough. The fire is lit. Let's get into it. The movie section. We got the review for Batman The Long Halloween Part 1. And here it is. While it may not meet quite meet the high standard of Justice Society World War II, it is a well-crafted addition to the revamped DC Universe movies line. It faithfully adapts the comic book source material while still veering in its own direction at times. It's difficult to imagine this adaptation working nearly as well if Warner Brothers Animation had tried to cram the entirety of the entire Long Halloween into one movie. With any luck, Part 2 will be just as successful. Eight? Yes. Hey, I, I actually heard it was actually better. I'm surprised to say that they thought the Justice Society War was better. Wait till That's you it. get. Wait till we get to the Mario Super Rush review then. Yeah, so I'm kind of I'm I'm shocked about because I didn't you know that one. It, it was good. I enjoyed it, but it didn't wow me. And then hearing other people's already reviews of this, that you know they were like, oh, it's awesome. Can't wait for the second one. So you know, I I want to see you know Jensen Ackles. He's you know playing Bruce Wayne and you know Josh Duhamel's Harvey Dent and. Troy Baker's back as Joker, so I'm I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, I I think if this is like one of the animated movies I've been interested in too, so I'm interested as well, and especially a lot of that's the voice cast Baker, like you said, Jensen Ackles and stuff. So yeah, so you know it's 85 minutes. Uh, hopefully Amazon has it on my door tomorrow. Be nice, but it looks it's looking like Saturday. So you know, hopefully I get it soon because I really want to see it. So we got that for part one. Part two is not too far behind, right? Yeah, uh, did they, I think they gave a date. Uh, digital download on July 27th. Oh, yeah. And so we're a month. Yeah, Blu-ray, August 10th. So I usually wait for a Blu-ray, so I'm, I always watch last. So. Well, it would be available to the public just like a month after the Blu-ray for this one. So, yeah, that's not a bad wait time at all. Some people have to wait years for their sequels. We're just What's waiting it? a month. Oh, yeah. John DiMaggio is playing Mad Hatter in the sequel. Oh, love I like John, that. Love John DiMaggio. Katie Sackhoff is Poison Ivy. Love Katie Sackhoff. There we go. Robert Atkin Downs is Scarecrow. Okay. All right, n- nice cast. All right, I like where we're headed. Speaking of nice cast, the Suicide Squad got another trailer. James Gunn, the wacky, twisted, demented mind. This started off as just a YouTube ad. It was pretty weird. I loved it. Uh, you had to, you know, watch a YouTube video. Hopefully, you got lucky and got an ad yeah. where this was the trailer. And we both saw it before they released it to the public. We both got it. So, um, early impressions on it. Uh, you know, I, I really enjoyed it, but I want to kick it to you for your overall impression, Sam. what do you think of this new and I hope final, we'll probably get like yeah. a launch trailer in a month, but mostly this is the last footage we've seen final suicide squad trailer. Oh, I, dude, again, I, I, I can't wait for this. I, I like how this kind of focused more on, you know, Idris Elba's character of blood sport. You know, it like it like I felt like Harley Quinn kind of took a back seat, and you kind of just kind of uh, you know John Cena again stealing I, the show. He's I stealing. have a feeling every like I think we even said this already. Every word he's going to utter in this movie, I think he's going to steal the scene every yeah. time he's he's on there. I think that's just why he got uh, an automatic eight episode series that just got picked up instantly. Uh, I think I just Elba to it focused on him because he is the character that puts Superman in the ICU. And that's a huge deal. And they wanted, I think they really wanted people to know that going in because the casual will not know that. So a hundred percent. And, and uh, James Gunn already said on IG that it's, it takes place in the DCU. So it's happening. Like, you know, like it's, this is Henry you know, Cavill Superman. Exactly. Like that's, that's who took this bullet. And I was like, okay, you know, that's DC trying to keep everything keep everything moving, keep everything in this in the same world. 
they were pretty overt with it. I mean, Amanda Waller says it. You're the man who put the, you know, put Superman in the ICU. Yeah. They just wanted to hit you over the head with that because, like I said, the casual moviegoer who says, oh, Suicide Squad, I remember that piece of shit a few years ago. Let me check this one out. Oh, I what? You can't put Superman in the ICU. Like, I, I just I think that that was smart for them to kind of clear that up with a month or two to go and really be able to focus on these characters because, you know, I was hoping what we wouldn't get was like a mini trailer for every single character just to give backstory. I want that mystery to be there. I want like when, when I think my favorite part besides Cena was was uh, Pete Davidson on the helicopter sitting next to Weasel and he's like, get this fucking thing away from me. It's like he's like, no, he's only killed 27 kids or whatever. Yeah, it's it was like, something horrible. Yeah, you know? it, was, it was so like, funny. Again, like it, like you know, characters like Captain Boomerang, who we've seen in the first movie, again, like I felt like him and Harley, like the OGs of it, kind of took the back seat, and everyone else kind of got to shine in this, and you got to see more of Starro, and I, I, this is going to be obviously a wacky movie filled with action. You know, it's it's, it's what two hours and ten minutes, so yeah, we got a this, lot of a lot of time, but a lot of characters, so yeah. So and you know, what's August sixth? It comes out like I'm pretty sure this this probably will be one of the first few movies I go back and see in the theaters. It's a fine line because you got to be able to give enough backstory and depth to all these characters and like an arc and growth without overdoing it in a two hour runtime. Yeah. So that's a big ask for James Gunn. And, and listen, if anybody can do it, you know, he's done it with guardians. Yeah, so I was like, going to say he's proven it, you know, at least in two this, guardians, this so. cast is bigger though than the actual team of guardians, which is only five. This team is bigger. Like, I think the thing is like you do a little bit of it in the trailer for Idris. So like you've kind of already accomplished yeah. a little bit of that. We already know Harley. We already know Boomerang. So like there's three right off the bat. Peacemaker, he has his one line every trailer that you just laugh your I, ass I, off. I, right? I, I can't. And James Gunn wrote this movie himself. Yeah. So it's, and, he's just credited. So it's awesome. I just, I just have faith that he's going to do it. Now, as far as me going back to the theater, you finally, Sam and I finally got to embrace Last Friday, we did. We did. We finally saw we each other. We didn't move that furniture. We sat in the same car. We fist bumped. We talked. He saw my basement. Finally, he saw the TV. Yeah, his giant TV. It's his movie theater. So I have no reason to go to the theater now. You know what I'm talking about when I say like I'm good. No, <laughs> no, dude. Yeah, honestly, it, it's it's worth it for you just to spend the twenty. You know, like literally, it it really is. Like just the, you're you're at the movies at your own home. Yeah, so we got the uh, we got the HBO Max hooked up on 4K down here. So I'm gonna watch it there. Um, and and you know what though, this is a movie that I like. I said I have complete faith in. I, I'm gonna laugh my pants off. I did at both Guardians movies. I'm gonna do it again here. I, I faith that you know they're not gonna bury like who was it again who got killed in the first Suicide Squad movie out of nowhere. Slipknot. Thank you. I was just like. Jumping from building, boom, just blows it. Yeah, I, I mean, I already like you know have a few in mind that I think are going to take the plunge, but you know, I don't want to. You know, we'll, we'll we'll see who takes the plunge. Correct. And I also, you're right. I also think not everybody on that team is making it out of this. Oh movie, no, so. hell no. I, I I'm expecting at least like two to four deaths minimum. I'm, I'm putting my money now on Rooker. Rooker's going down. He went down already for gun. I'd say going down. Brooker, uh, the female Mongol, she's going down. Uh, yeah. Nathan Fillion's character. No. They won't oh, do that. TDK, come on, he's gone. Damn. What about Polka Dot Man? Yeah, dude, I, 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 I think there's going to be a massacre. <laughs> uh, real quick, it's real gone. quick, real quick. Side note, side note, side note. So we've talked before about shows that had one season and were amazing. And I knew that Firefly would be on your list. Yeah. And I wanted to watch Firefly. And would you believe it? 
that randomly scrolling through Twitter in 2021, I got spoiled for me the ending of Firefly. And more specifically, um, what do you mean? What, what do you know? Uh, well, I don't want to give it away to the listeners because then they'd be pissed just like I am. But I know the fate of oh a certain character, and it involves a spear. Yeah, you don't. You won't find that out until the movie Serenity. Okay, so I can watch Firefly. Yeah, yeah, that's that came out in the movie. Yeah, so okay. you can watch Firefly spoiler free. That literally is a. Yeah, off and, my you, shoulders. and that's not until the end, like the end of the movie, too. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Uh, his initials AT. If anybody yeah, out there is yeah, thinking, yeah, yeah. I know you know. I know you know. But if anybody else was like, "What the hell is he talking?" Good boy. About? He's a great actor, by the way. Look him up, people. Uh, AT. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, back to this. I'm I'm excited. I thought it was the. I probably thought it was the best overall trailer that they dropped. Yeah, I mean, like D- DC needs D- DC needs a big hit right now. Obviously Marvel plant Marvel planned out everything. DC needs to relight that fire. Um, I, I think justice league, it, it justice league, the Snyder's cut. I think it did that. That fire was there. It's not. Yeah, but it's burnt out. Nobody talks about it anymore. It, uh, it's there's too uh, much time between movies. Well, I would still, I would disagree because my, I guess my Twitter timeline is different than, than yours. Yes, it but, is. Um, so I, I still think that's plenty there, but again, DC needs this to kind of continue this, to get ready for the next Shazam, get ready for the black Adam, get ready for, you know, whether we're getting the green lanterns, whether we're getting Superman, whatever the hell's coming next, the Batman movie. So, you know, you hear we need my, this. do you want to hear my crazy theory as to why I think suicide squad is going to be a, a smoking hot hit, both critically and commercially, just a little weird theory I have that, you know, I didn't hear anywhere, but I think it's going to just piggyback off of. Uh, Black Widow because Black Widow is in July. This movie's in early August, I think August 6th. So we're r- right around the corner from it. People are going to go see Scarlet Witch or I'm sorry, Black Widow. Cause it's the first Marvel movie in two years plus, And well, no, just about two years. And they're going to go ape shit for it. It's going to do well commercially. It's going to be okay. Critically, probably a seven, maybe an eight. Cause it's Marvel and they'll give it that extra Marvel point, but people are going to be really hyped to get back into the superhero genre and they're going to be looking for that next thing. And what's that next thing? Suicide Squad. And so I think just, I know it's DC. I know it's Marvel, two different things. But I think people are going to jump on it heavy because of just that urge, that itch to get back to the yeah. theater to see superhero stuff again. That's not just Disney+. Plus. I'm, I think I'm in on this. And I think this movie is going to do. Oh, dude. And I, I think it's going to review a little bit better than what you said. I just have a strong feeling that it's going to be well-received. Oh, I'm saying that's the Black Widow is going to be a seven or eight. I think this oh, movie, oh, oh, oh. yeah, just Got that's it. what I mean. It's going to be okay, so people are going to get that itch again, yeah. and then they're going to dive into Suicide Squad, which I think is going to get a consensus probably it's going to blow them away. Nine, eight point five, nine out of ten, pretty much everywhere. It'll be a you know an eighty five on Metacritic, eighty four somewhere around there. It'll be certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, and it's going to go nuts. I think it's probably going to do one point five times what the original did. Yeah. And well, so, the original, well, the original dude, that that made a lot. That's so. what I mean. I'm I'm not saying double. That's where I'm at. One point five. I think I'm do fifty percent better. And even then, that's a hell of a box office day. You're talking about a seven hundred and fifty million dollar gross around that. So like, that's that's nothing to sneeze at. I don't think it'll be a billion, but you know, not DC hasn't done that since Joker. But again, theaters have kind of been what they've been for the past year. So. Uh, I, I just have all the faith in the world in this movie, but we are running long on this one. So we'll move on unless you have anything else to yeah, add about the trailer. Scoob, uh, which I think came out to on demand last year because theaters were closed, has got a sequel. Now, th- this was that with that weird animation style. It was. Uh, yeah, it was not like 
it was animated mixed with like claymation mixed with cg it was like kind of weird but it did well it did a, it was a solid six out of seven people were looking for new shit to watch so it did pretty well on demand and clearly well enough to warrant a sequel i really oh, like Scooby-Doo. mark Wahlberg. okay okay yeah that's right i really like scooby-doo so you know you give me more scoob i wish there was a you know a pup named scooby-doo movie that'd be right up my alley but i guess that's splitting hairs Oh well, Will Forte, Shaggy. You know, it, it, I, I kind of, I guess, Remember, I kind of, yeah. When watch Matthew it. Lillard or whatever his name is was like all over yeah, Twitter, like, why didn't you cast me? Da, 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 da. Well, like, not even a shot, dude. In, the, in this cast, you know, Henry Winkler, Mark Wahlberg, Jason Isaacs, Zach Efron, Amanda Seyfried, you know, you know, Ken Jong, like Tracy Morgan, Billy West, like, dude, there's a lot of people in this. I didn't even realize it was that deep. That's what I'm saying. Like, holy, like Kevin Hefferman from Beer Fest, Christina yeah. Hendricks, holy shit. That's a that's a deep squad. That's, that's like, what I'm saying. That's like the uh, Milwaukee Bucks of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know. Okay, I guess I gotta watch this. Okay, that's the it's the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's right. more my style. I'm slacking. My bad. Harrison Ford. Oh my god, <laughs> I can't even finish reading the story off the run. Guys, oh, oh guys, okay. Of course, he got injured on a fight scene. He's turning 79 years old next month in July. But it wasn't even a fight scene. Ladies and gentlemen, Harrison Ford has been injured uh, on the Indiana Jones set doing a rehearsal for a fight scene. Not even the damn fight scene. <laughs> he got her. And, and in other news, water is wet. Like This guy is brittle. He's old as sin. Why is he even doing a fight scene? Let the man just go. You know, I mean, you're, you're 79 years old. I, I mean... Props, man. Respect. No, no, like, no, respect, as, you know, but there's a certain point where he, I think it was even um, uh, Serge uh, Sean Connery when he, when he was. I think he was in his 50s and he said, like, guys, like that, that's enough. He's like, I got to stop. He's like, he's like, if I don't believe it, how are other people going to believe that what I'm doing? You know what I'm saying? So it's like now no one is like by the time this comes out, he's probably he's going to be 80 by the time this movie comes out. Just it's, wild. It's, it's probably going to get delayed, and he will be eighty years old when this movie comes out. Can you? There is. I, you know, I, I mean, hey, I, 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 of course, I wish him a speedy recovery, but whew, damn, I don't want to be like a douche, um, or like morbid or whatever. But there's a chance he doesn't make the premiere. <laughs> God forbid. You're seventy nine. Like <laughs> every day is like you know, yeah. It's like uh, MVP's entry entry music for the WWE one. Two, you hear the clock ticking. I'm just saying, Harrison. I mean, I wonder if he's just trying to keep his his gross going. I'm looking. He's he's the number. He's the fourth highest grossing domestic box office star of all time. He falls on the red 9. carpet. Nine point three billion. He breaks his hip. Oh no, you like rolling there? I would do it. You, at that age, <laughs> I'm rolling it. People take photos. He gets scared of the flash. He falls backwards because oh, of the camera lights right into Shia LaBeouf's hands. But he don't give a shit. He's too busy trying to get paparazzi attention. Oh, so he easy, falls. easy. I, he, I still like Shia. He's my boy. He drops him because there's no trust falls in Indiana Jones. And then you know what I mean? It's just this could be a, a bad scene. But in other news, again, water is wet. This was the most obvious thing that was ever going to happen. And we had to include it because we have on this podcast for two years have said this is going to happen. Just go back and listen or don't. Because, you know, who cares? But, like, it's crazy. Of course he got fucking hurt. Uh, Andy Muschietti has revealed more teaser images for the Flash movie coming up. And we even saw Michael Keaton on set in London. Oh, like, honestly, who would have thought 32 years after he portrayed Batman that he's back playing Bruce Wayne? I I, I, I love it. Like, we're going to get to see Keaton. We're going to get to see Affleck. We're actually finally getting this Flash movie, which... 
I feel like we've been talking about for the last 10 years. So I, I, I'm really excited. I, I, I can't wait to see this. Um, yeah, me too. I, I, me I, too. I, know, I know you've are not a huge fan of Ezra, but, 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 you know, but, but, but you've got to, got to admit, he, he, was he did very so well in the better. Snyder Cut. Exactly. He was so much better. You know, you got to give him a fair shot. I did, and I and if it's if it's a superhero movie, I'm going to give it a shot. I can't guarantee I'm going to like them all, um, because the, it's comic book movies are still not my favorite in the world. Like I'm still give me a drama, give me you know, like my my favorite shows are It's a Sin, Ted Lasso, and The Morning Show, not Loki, Falcon, and WandaVision. Like that's just where I'm at, and so yeah. I like them. And, and 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 we get Supergirl, so you know we we, we definitely get the you know the, our little roster of DC heroes. And I still cannot recommend that show enough. That was just such a cool little cult. It was in the middle of a pandemic, bro. It just it just hit at all the right. No, time. no, 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 no. That's Star Girl. What did you say, Supergirl? Supergirl. My bad. Yeah. And you Got get you. blue. And you get Blue Beetle. So there's plenty of DC stuff coming down the pike, and I'm excited for it. And especially if they hit HBO Max, I don't think the Flash movie will. I think there'll be a theatrical like the Batman. Yeah, that'll, that'll be, be like HBO. the Blue Beetle, the Batgirl, the Zatanna. If that's happening, they'll so. come eventually, though. Like all those things will come eventually. Come, come, gonna... come, come. <laughs> come, come on the kick drum. Go, Gary, <laughs> on the kick drum. Uh, what? What is that? Is that the breakup? That's the breakup. The come, break. come on the kick drum with Jennifer Aniston and Vince yep. Vaughn. Yeah. yeah, I love that movie. <laughs> Baby wanted 12 lemons, a lemon center. All right. Last story in movies. And speaking of the Snyder Cut, we had just talked about this. It's not been on our show rundown for a while. It's been on Sam's timeline. We follow similar <laughs> accounts, but Sam is definitely more in the know than I am around all that. Uh, but we do now have a release date for the Snyder Cut on Blu-ray and 4K Ultra. And that will be on September 7th. So not just HBO Max anymore. If you want to support this film uh, with your pockets, hopefully try to restore that Snyderverse, you can do so September 7th. Hmm. Seems a little later than I thought, to be honest with you. you know, usually I feel like they're a little bit quicker on the Blu-rays. Uh, maybe it, there's some other things planned already and they just don't. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, dude, I, I already know there's going to be limited series. There's going to be the steel books. You know, I definitely know there's going to be the collector's items. But, you know, th- this is a this is a day one pickup for me. I'm, you know, I still have the, the piece of shit, you know, weed inversion. So I definitely need the Snyder Cut. <laughs> that piece of shit that he liked when he first reviewed it on this podcast four years ago now. It's tough, Damn. guys. Yo, I want to go back and listen to that. I'm going to. I'm going to. That'll be my pick of the week next week. God bless you. Episode whatever, Sam's initial review. I, I hope I was gentle. Uh, you definitely were. You gave it a 7.5 if memory serves me right, which is sick that I remember this type of stuff. It's sickening. You know, in all retrospect, it should have been like a solid four in dim light. <laughs> like somebody you talk to, but like when they say you want to go back to my place, you just say, I'm good. Uh, all right, let's get into TV. And this is probably where we're going to have our biggest discussion of the night. I want to limit it because it's spoiler free. I don't want to go on for 25 minutes. Oh, no, dude, I, I thought this was going to be kind of, you know, not, not that crazy, to be honest. Okay, then there you go. Perfect. And you might have the same thoughts that I do, because as we enter the TV space, we're halfway through Loki, three episodes in of the six. We will not spoil the plot for you. You do not have to worry about that. You do not have to skip this discussion. Um, but we're halfway home. So let's give our halfway point spoiler free impressions of Loki the newest Disney plus series. My thoughts may be a little bit different than yours. Um, I heard a lot of people say like they absolutely loved episode three. Like I, I did like three. However, I liked the first two better for some reason. I, I just thought they had a better flow. I, I don't know if it was episode three. You don't have Owen Wilson at all. 
uh, something in episode three was kind of stupid. I was like, okay, this is this is it. Like that's this the whole plot of this device. Okay, kind of stupid, but I, I went with it. Um, again, it's they have a great chemistry. You know, I'll just say the Lokis. They have a great chemistry. Um, the variants. We'll just yeah, call them okay. the variants. Yeah, we can say the variants. And um, again, it's an, another great show by Disney. It's it, it again. I, I forgot that there's again. There's only six episodes. I you know. So we we are halfway home. I I'm kind of it, it just like it, they fly. We I feel like we wait so long and then boom, a snap of the finger, they're gone. Um, again, six, I, week, six weeks is short. Yeah, yeah, you know it, it it comes at you fast. You know then you know the Wednesdays. Obviously, I love still love them release dates. I I would still say this is probably. I I, I don't know. I don't know if I like it better than Cat or, or you know Falcon Winter Soldier yet. I, I would say I definitely like it more than WandaVision, but it, I, I, they still need to show me a little bit more to kind of jump uh, Falcon. But, you know, what are your thoughts? Um, my thoughts are that if you want a longer Disney Plus series, you can watch Game Changers, The Mighty Ducks, uh, or or Big Shot, both 10 episodes and both very enjoyable sports shows. Loki's got a 9 out of 10 on IMDb out of 43,000 or 42,300 ratings. I mean, people are going nuts for this show. What I've noticed is that they're going nuts for it critically, but it's not taking over Twitter, again, at least mine, like WandaVision was. And even Falcon didn't do that. Like Because WandaVision, I feel, was like the first one, and it was so wacky for those first few episodes, and it was so like, where the fuck is this going? It was just so specked upon every... It, like like you you touched on every it felt like every second someone was speculating something on WandaVision. Every yeah. like everywhere I looked, I, I couldn't even like shake it. Like that's why I, I've said before that it like took my enjoyment out of the show. So it's like this show I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm seeing the 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 Loki specs, the the books that are people are popping. Like I'm just trying to avoid that and, and just try to enjoy this show. It's it's like I you know when you can do custom hashtags and get the little graphic at the end of it. Yeah, I I cannot get the Wandavision one out of my head because I've seen it so many fucking times. And like I'm almost thinking in my head of Twitter popularity based on like hashtag visions. And like I don't see the Loki hashtag. I didn't see the Captain one as much as I saw the Wandavision one. But for me as a show, I don't think it's a nine out of ten. Yeah, I don't agree. I, I think it's good. I don't even think it's great. They, and, they they have to work to get that. They didn't hit the nine yet. They still have to show me more. You know, I, I, I do not want to take anything away from Tom Hiddleston because he is phenomenal. He's great. Yep. As always. And he's always going to be great. And I love Morbi- uh, Mobius. I love those characters. Man, the story is doing almost nothing for me. And I wish that it was. Yeah, I, no, I, I think that's like a, this episode three. I thought was it was like a little slip. Like it was like, uh, man, you know what I, I mean? I, I did not. That. I did not enjoy that episode like at yeah. all. There was one part that I liked, and that's when he said, "I can't sit backwards on a train," and I laughed. And that, that's not a spoiler. I, I did kind of like the dagger scene. Yeah, but the I, action's bad. It's not good fight choreography. It's like kind of clanky. And I, this is not, that was my own opinion, but what I'm about to say is not, I heard this somewhere and I, and I agree with it is that Loki's a God. Why is he mess? Like, why is he struggling to fight men? Yeah. He should be able to just fuck them up when, like, so, I mean, you have a uh, certain, but then they scenes, show him like he, like he couldn't use his magic here. Then when he went in this world, he could use his magic. Oh Yeah. And, and all of a sudden there's a giant thing that is falling and he can do something to, yeah, him, right? yeah. no, 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 like, yeah, break. Yeah. no I, I agree. And like something like that, it kind of took me out of it. It's like, 
Oh uh, yeah, that's right. He's a god, and he should just be able to do this to everyone, and no one should eat. You know what I mean? Like, it was yeah. very convenient at when he could and couldn't, you know, be a god, basically. Yeah. And you know, the variant that you spoke of, the other, you know, Loki type variant, without giving any spoilers away, this person was dusting people like Thanos based on this one thing that people have, but all of a sudden was struggling to fight these other people. So it's just very inconsistent from that perspective, and like. They spent this whole episode on this one place that I just didn't give a shit about. And so, again, I love the characters. I, I do, and I love the thought of it. But you know me in time travel. We just don't yeah. get along. And this is the entire show's premise is based around time. And so the, it it can just take a few too many creative liberties at times. Yeah. And so I think it's a lot of it's contrived. I, I thought they, I thought they had fun with it and did it well in the first two episodes, but I agree with you on, on episode three. It definitely kind of, it took me out of it a little bit. You know, there was stupid plot points in it. And, and then obviously him being a God and with the fucking 10 pad, there was just a whole, there was just a lot of shit that I was like, okay, this was my, least favorite episode which you know hey every every show every show has it your least favorite episode three was clearly mine except for the fly and breaking bad it's a very underrated episode <laughs> no, I, I, which i we are we know so it's like i rewatched it and it's like i was thinking back like i thought i hated it and then i watched it and i was like nope i just absolutely love breaking bad and i'm on the final season now on the rewatch it's you, my only second time ever rewatching the show and it's freaking it 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 got even better so for me you know the first episode of loki was its high point i really did enjoy it and i thought we were in for a, a treat man and then the the next one was good and then this one just kind of fell off and i don't think that it's over i'm not giving up they still have you know half the show left or half at least a season because apparently there's going to be more so like there's time to pick it up and, and do what it has to do. And I'm, and, I, by the way, I know I'm in the minority. I know that I am one of the only folks that doesn't absolutely love it. But do you think, do you agree with this? I personally think not everybody, but certain people love it just because it's Loki and it's on Disney plus. Yeah, no, it's, cool yeah, it's Hiddleston. It's they, they just love him or love him in that role. And there's nothing that you could say or do that's going to change their mind. And, and which is fine. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm I'm at a point where it's just like it's cool to love the Marvel shows and like it's awesome to be edgy and know all the theories and everything that's happening. But like, okay, so put something interesting on the screen for me to look at, not just contrivances. And so I'm I'm I like it, and I don't want this to come off as I don't, and I don't want this to come off as it's bad. It's not. It's good. It's holding my attention. It's just not making me think about it once the show is over. When the yeah. credits hit, I think, okay, what next? As opposed to, oh, I cannot wait it, for next more, Wednesday. Yeah, no, it, no, and honestly, it's funny for episode three. I kind of forgot that it was even on. I kind of watched it mid. It was like kind of late on Wednesday. I was, oh shit, I forgot that it, you know it dropped. You know, and just you know, like I wasn't like as hyped or the build up. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I caught and, it. And, and even the ending, like the ending of this, I was like, okay, they're still stuck there. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, you know, yeah. I, I I don't think we've seen the the big bad. There's a MacGuffin in there that like there's a twist about, you know, the the time the time variant. So like, yeah, there's, they, they didn't they, twist enough there's, yet. There's still stuff that's going to unravel. And so I'm here for it. But if it's, if they just, if they just kind of whimper it out there. I'm just gonna go along with it and say, okay, it's probably third place for me out of the out of the three Disney Plus shows so far, and that's fine. Like, 
you know, I'm not one of those people anymore. I was when I was a child, but I'm not the, one of those people anymore that just hates things people like or likes things people hate. That was totally teenage me. I'm not going to lie, but, you know, because Fall Out Boy kicks ass. But don't tell teenage Greg that because he hated them. Uh, it's just, I just Love the first circuit, though. I, and the second. I, I just, man, I just, it's just, it's just not hitting as hard as I thought it would. I was looking forward to this one big time. It's still good. They, they 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 have ground that needs to be covered, and hopefully yeah. they get picked back steam back up in episode four. All right, and that's where we'll leave that, and we'll continue this conversation after these next three episodes. So we're, we've already done two reviews in three weeks. We're going to let this show go until it's over, and then once it's over, boy howdy, get those spoilers ready because twenty four hours after that uh, after that finale, we're going live. So we're going to talk spoilers, spoilers, spoilers pretty quickly after the series ends. So kind of be aware of that one. Make sure yeah, you're we'll watching the finale. Though. Yeah, make sure you're watching. We'll time code that one too. We always do in our spoiler stuff. But like, you know, when you watch the finale, just a couple, you know, a day later, be on the lookout for us, ladies and gentlemen, because we're going to be talking about the entire series of Loki. How did it, did it catch its footing? Did it stick the landing? And what can we look forward to for the future of both Marvel shows and also future seasons, if there are going to be. I, I heard there were. So uh, let's move on. This is pretty much the next two. We have three stories left in TV. These next two were tailor-made for my boy Sam here. Tom Welling and Michael Rosenbaum are working on an animated Smallville series. Yeah, it's kind of funny how it was even found out. Um, Tom Welling was doing a cameo, and he basically shared on there. That yeah, him and Mike have or Michael have been serious, like you know, secretly working on this for a little bit now, and they're trying to get all the you know, obviously, not one specific actress that's going through trial right now for all that crazy shit that she did, but besides her, they're trying to get back you know everyone from the, the show, get back and do their old voices, and kind of continue after where the show left off. I don't know if they're going to continue after. Um, the 10th season or because I know they did a comic series. So I don't know if they're continuing after that or act like that didn't exist and just kind of lead off after 10. But hey, I I would love to see the gang back together. Holy shit, Sam. Breaking news on the pod. Breaking news. Two quick things. Breaking news. Number one, in 20 minutes from the time we're recording this, it's already going to be live for you folks. We're getting a trailer for Halloween Kills. So that'll be on okay. our social media. Nice. Number two, 12 minutes ago, as we were recording this, a new two-minute trailer for Shang-Chi dropped. Ah, oh, nice. Awesome. And it, and it features Abomination. So oh, they shared that, that quick, huh? And you see him. I'm looking at him right now. And he is a large thing. So uh, we obviously will have that more kind of in-depth. Check our social medias out. Uh, you can watch the trailers for yourselves. But... It's a two-minute trailer. We'll have it next week. I still week. miss Edward Norton as Hulk. That's all. <laughs> uh, and so just wanted to come in with some breaking news real quick before we dove that's back. A, that's awesome. I, I can't wait to see Abomination again. Uh, anything else on Smallville before we move on? Yeah, I hope it gets picked up. S- yeah, same. Remember, this is just being worked on, folks. It's being developed. It has not been greenlit. It has not been ordered as a pilot yet. But, again, like Sam mentioned, on Cameo of all places, this was shit. Yeah, just, it's kind of strange how it came to be now it's blown up on Twitter. Somebody paid $75 for that breaking news. Uh, Supernatural is getting a prequel series called The Winchesters. And it's, you know, I don't know if it's being wrote, but I know it's being executive produced by Jensen Ackles and his wife. 
Jensen's actually going to be the narrator, you know, as Dean. And I believe it's going to follow his father and mother uh, when they were younger. Yes. Kind of ha- how it all started. That's correct. Um, I just, I, I love the fact that he's kind of just sticking to the well of the Winchesters and still telling this story. I know they tried to do that backdoor pilot of that other show that kind of, I guess, just failed or just it got failed to get picked up. But uh, we'll see what happens with the Winchesters. I mean, you still have uh, Sam from, you know, he's doing still Walker. That got picked up for season two. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what Jensen can do to see if he can kind of keep the Winchesters going with the, the prequels. This is something, like I said before, I've tried really hard to get into Supernatural, and it wasn't bad. It was just a weird time when we started oh, watching it. And, and the best part is yesterday, I just got the 15th and final season on Blu-ray. I just got it. I somehow avoided all spoilers. I don't know anything that happened in the this last season. I, I can't wait to take if that you, last ride with the boys. If you recall, we read the review for the series finale on this show. And I had to redact something because it was leading to spoilers. And you were like, Greg, if you fucking spoil it. So I, I altered the review to get rid of spoilers just for you because I know how badly you did not want. Yeah, I mean, dude, I, I'm shocked that after all this time, because it's, it's been months since you know it aired. And I somehow, luckily, knock on wood, I've avoided. And I, I kind of can't wait to knock out the last 15 episodes, which is totaling 320 total episodes. Ted Lasso season two is in a month and you haven't had that spoiled for you. Season one. That's no, not at all. So still going strong, baby. You you got to watch that by the way. Uh, Our final story in TV. This one's for me. (laughs) Sex education returns to Netflix for season three on September 17th. If you remember back, Sam had missed a week. I don't know about two months ago, maybe now three months. And uh, I did a solo pod where I talked about 10 games. You have to play and 10 uh, TV shows. You have to watch. This was on there. Um, sex education is about a kid whose mom is a sex therapist at his, well, I'm sorry, a therapist at his school, but also a sex therapist. I'm sorry. Let me rewind. His mother is a sex therapist and he takes that to his school where he becomes the resident sex therapist for his classmates. And it's really funny and really neat and really cool. And, uh, I I just love it. It's a wonderful comedy from the UK and Netflix didn't cancel after one season. So, you know, it's got to be good. So check it out. Sex education, season three, Netflix, September 17th. Let me take it over in gaming and we'll start off with a review game. I'm looking forward to Mario golf, super rush. Mario golf, super rush is like a comfort food game that to some can take you to a happy place with a couple of taps of the same button followed by an exclamation of nice shot. Its standout speed golf mode is a great twist on Mario Golf and genuinely a fun way to play that goes a fair way to spicing up an age-old formula by filling up the space between swings with a madcap foot race to the next one. Though even if that mode is a tiny birdie, sadly there are too many bogeys elsewhere in Super Rush to form a, I'm sorry, in the form of a poor adventure mode, a slight selection of courses, low replayability, and just a general lack of things to do. Uh, Arcade golf games like this are made to be played with friends for a long time, but there just doesn't seem to be enough variety here to offer, uh, I'm sorry, on offer here to make what we want. Without that longevity, I cannot play Super Rush in the category of a top-tier Mario golf game. I feel like he just shit all over it at the end. Yeah. yeah. Five? The six. Oh, damn. Um, and I, you had said earlier, like, I wonder why IGN was kind of given the Batman film like a lower review and other people were praising it. Same thing here. This, you know, it's a 7.5 game everywhere. 
but IGN decided uh, I'm going to give it a six. And it's Let's like swerve here. Yeah, it's fine. Like that's one person's opinion. It's not IGN's opinion as a whole. It's the reviewers, which is great. Um, I agree with the lack of courses, but if you're a Mario golf fan, you know that in every game, but the first one, six courses is the norm. Doesn't make it right, but six courses is there. I will agree though, that the courses do look a little bland. They're just golf courses. I wish there was a little bit more variety in them and more wackiness and zaniness and like more Mario and more like mushroom kingdom. I'll agree with that. But remember they're getting, we're getting free DLC with new courses they already showed us one of them is going to be New Donk City from Mario Odyssey, so they're going to spice it up for free, by the way. And so I think that it's okay that it's kind of bare now, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. So I'm going to give my impressions on the game next week on 243, um, and I'm looking I'm looking very forward to it. So this review did nothing to stop the hype train. It's first Mario Golf game since 2002 on a home console. You best believe I'm ready to rock. Oh, yeah, and I know it's going to be way better than a 6 for you. Next up, we have the top games that have been pre-ordered since E3 ended. It's like a reverse NPD. It's crazy. Um, so, See yeah. what the effect had on the people. That's right. And so you always – that's it's just like – I don't know why we've never done it before. This is fascinating stuff of – of you see know, what the people want. See what the people want. See what the, connected the most with people. So what I have is the top 11 – games that have been pre-ordered since e3 ended across all consoles um so i'd like to read those now now i think some of these are just based on hype because there was a couple on here that were not at e3 that i think people are just excited for so number 11 halo infinite wow uh, it's that far huh uh i think a lot of that's game pass people mm, are just good point people, good point good point i think that's what you see with a lot of more, uh, Microsoft first-party titles is uh, they won't chart on NPD and uh, they won't chart on pre-order stuff because people don't have to. <laughs> They'll just get it on Game Pass. But still, even to be in this list with Game Pass is still like people are like, nah, I want to support 343 and pay money. Not me, dude. I'm just fucking get Game Pass. Number 10, Pokemon Legends Arceus, which was not even at E3. So impressive. Number 9, Madden NFL 22. Not at E3. Uh, but it's Madden, and it comes I was out. Say, Madden's going to Madden's going to be Madden. It comes out in August. Number eight, Dungeons and Dragons: Dark Alliance, which actually is out now. So that's probably why that was on there. Huh. Number seven, Far Cry Six. That's coming. Uh, it did. October. It did that much to people, huh? I it, the more I saw, the less I was interested. So I guess it had the opposite effect. Um, I mean, I guess you have that cold following, you know. And Giancarlo Esposito brings in brings in money, and so. There's that. Uh, this one's <laughs> you and I are not among this crowd, but number six, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Oof. That just it looks Oof. rough. I, I'm, so, I'm sorry it. to everyone who pre-ordered it. Yo, and I'm sure it'll be fine. It'll be a solid seven. Yeah, they said the same thing about Avengers too. Oof, big oof. Number five, Mario Party Superstars. Ah, that's awesome. Number four, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. So there's uh, another yeah. game, not at E3, just like Legends Arceus. But just, hey, P- Pokemon Squirts, where the money's at? You're going to notice a theme with these last five. So, <laughs> all Pokemon. <laughs> Mario Golf uh, Super Rush, number three. Or all Nintendo. Ooh. Number two, The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword mm-hmm. HD. And number one. And boy, do I just get to bathe in this one. 
because of the hype. And this game needs sales if you want the franchise to continue. Thank you, people, for listening with your wallets so far. Metroid Dread. Let's oh, that's go. awesome. After yeah. so many years, Samus gets her rise. Uh, and it's so cool. Is if this game sells well, that means Samus is not dead and life can go on. And I'm just so happy because the Switch just prints money because people just buy Switch games. So it's just nice to know that this will automatically be the most selling, best selling game in Metroid's history. And, you know, it might only do four or five mil. Um, but at the same time, Anybody else in the world would kill to do four or five mil. Yeah. So that's just, it's exciting. Insomniac joins Naughty Dog as they're also now developing developing a new unknown multiplayer game. A week or two ago, we had uh, re- reported on Naughty Dog putting a job listing up for a new exclusive multiplayer game. I have such speculated that it'll be factions based on The Last of Us Part Two. Um, but its own standalone thing, which I will not be interested in. And now Insomniac, you got Ratchet and Clank, you got Miles Morales, you got they're just they're just killing the game, providing so much support. They're almost like the new Naughty Dog. They just they're always there, always creating goodness. But now they're going to spin off, and they're going to do a multiplayer game, which is a turnoff for me. I can't think of their existing worlds that it works in. I don't want a Spider Man one. I don't want anything Marvel. I mean, you do good work with I- Marvel. But, but just don't I, touch it. I, I just just give me the Spider-Man sequel. I I want. Thank we, you. We yeah, we have Guardians and we have Avengers, so we already have our Marvel multiplayer. We don't yeah. need any more. I'm you're all not, Marvel to hell. You're not going to do a Ratchet and Clank. You just did one, and the multiplayer piece just doesn't work. So I'm thinking if this is a new IP or based on something existing, and if it's like, you know, the job listing said it's a multiplayer centric game, which again is a turnoff for me. But like. What could it be? And Insomniac does deliver quality. So there is that. They have a reputation. I'm interested. I mean, we're years and years away from this. But just if you were looking for Insomniac quality and you love what Insomniac's been putting out, let's be fair, a lot of people have. Kind of look forward to this if you're a multiplayer fan. I am not among that crowd, but it's nice to know that something new is in development. Scooch over. We're in the same boat. That's right. N64 just turned... 25 we tease old yet god oh yeah feel old yet yeah i feel old every time i stand up uh i I, we teased at the top of the show that a console turned 25 and that's where we're going to base our top three around you know i I have a ton of nostalgia arguably i have more nostalgia for the n64 than any any console in this Um, and playstation it's a close one but yeah i i would say this the nes and playstation 2 are probably my most nostalgic consoles uh, GameCube is kind of there, but I was the only one who had one. So it was like people came up to my house. But with the N64, I have nostalgia at your place, at Carmen's, at Pinos, at Machi's, at my, like everyone had one. And so what we're going to do tonight is we're going to rank our top three favorites. Not going to be the top three best. It's not going to be the top three most selling. It's, it's, it's impossible. It's, it's, it's all objective. It's impossible. It it's subjective. But yes, objective means it's, it's fact. Subjective means it's opinion, but I agree that it's impossible. I, I meant subjective. I don't know if I I cut out there, but I, I, I did say it with an S. I, I just want to note it on record. Done. Uh, and so what I'm excited for is is to hear the wackiness because you're going to be shocked, shocked at my list because Mario Kart ain't on it. And so uh, I, I'm excited to do this. I've been excited to do this since you came up with the idea. Let's give it. All right. Let's, let's not waste any more time. Our top three favorite. N64 games. 
again, I, I, I feel like this list can like it could forever shuffle because there's just so many N64 games, like you said, that playing as a kid. But at the moment when I made my list, I went nine, number three, 1999 Super Smash Brothers. Again, it's what we all played as a group, as a friends going, you know, like my house, your house, Penno's house, like you said. Uh, always go my girl Samus. It, it's funny, or or Link. Link, I always went with them too. But it's funny that I picked Samus, but didn't really play too much of the, you know, Metroid games growing up. But I always liked Samus and Super Smash. I always found that that interesting. But again, I, I one of the, it's a it's a staple for N sixty four. A game that I wish I could afford now, still sealed, still sealed. Do you have it loose? No, I oh I, loose cartridge, of course. Yeah. But I don't have a sealed copy. Yeah, I have I have loose cartridge. I gotta be able to play the damn thing. Yeah, I have loose cart as well. I do not have it sealed. I don't even have it in box. I just have it a cart, and I'm, I'm happy. That's how. That's all we had as kids. We didn't have no. Them cardboards got like ripped to shreds. We just had the cartridge that we blew in it that we didn't know that we weren't supposed to blow in it. If if listen, if anybody out there has a well preserved N sixty four game or Super Nintendo game or even NES, like hat off to you because that was before jewel cases and hard plastic cases. This was cardboard boxes. So like. Man, I can't tell you. I flattened them shits immediately, and I took out that stupid cardboard center thing with the, yeah, the white gone immediately. <laughs> so I have zero left of my cases. I don't have a single N64 case, and it's sad, but I, like I said, I left Mario Kart off of my list. I have a suspicious feeling it's on yours. I left Mario 64 off my list, and a lot of that is the nostalgia I have connected to it. If I had a four, Mario Kart would be there, but for me, when you talk about nostalgia and you talk about, you know, Anthony Pino's basement, I, I distinctly remember Mike Wilson's uh, bedroom growing up. We play this. I distinctly remember tournaments at my house and it still holds up to this day as my favorite wrestling game ever. I'm talking about WWF. No mercy. Oh, no cl- classic game. It's, Absolutely. Is I mean, it could have went with revenge, but you know, you can't go wrong. I like this one 10 times better than Revenge, and that's a little bit because of the cast of characters. I preferred WWE superstars over WCW. Revenge came first, and Revenge arguably made the formula what it was, and it was very, very solid, and even WrestleMania 2000. But No Mercy took that and took it to 11 and built on it and customized championships and being able to like put whomever in whatever belt ever. You want – uh, you know, a scantily clad Tory Wilson to be your heavyweight champion, you can. You want Jim Ross to be the women's champion, you can. And you want dig 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 a dog, you can. And it's just there's so much nostalgia around that game. And every so often we go back to it, and it still plays well. Is it perfect? No. Is it the best? No. Is it better than Mario Kart and better than and than Mario sixty four? Not even by a long shot. But from nostalgia, from just memories, from I just I loved my time with it and no wrestling game to me since then has been more fun. And when you talk about favorites, fun has to be in there. So for me, this was No Mercy. Tough call over Mario Kart and Mario 64, but No Mercy is my number three. And I'm going to stick to that. I fucking loved that game. My number two, I don't know if you would expect again, tough. It's it's so tough to leave some of these games off, but I went 1998. Major League Baseball featuring Ken Griffey Jr. I'm happy it's on there. I'm happy, happy, happy. It's on there. It, it, dude, it was it was tough. You know, I I I'm gonna say I left off Goldeneye. You know, it that was one of the hardest things ever to do. That was it's that's my number four. I, I expect it. You know, to be on your at least your number two. Um, 
again, I I'm lucky enough that I tracked down a sealed copy of Major League of, of this game feature Ken Griffey and a 9-0-8++ seal. I've never seen anything higher. There's an 8-5 with an A seal on eBay right now for two grand. If anyone is looking for it, there's one copy available. But this is a game that I just loved making my own team, starting my own season, playing it so many times at the gallons, playing with you know with uh, Ryan, Pat, Jim. It's so funny. I, I think of their names Stickwood and Bubbles in my head. And I have to think of their real names. <laughs> but you know, just all the, the the hours that we spend playing this game, doing the home run derby. I mean, it, it's it's still my. I know it's probably not true, but for me personally, it's my favorite baseball game ever made. I think we did. We just do our favorite sports games. Yeah, I, I think it was on there. It was. It had to be my number one. I, I, it was your number one, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, backyard baseball was too. Yeah, I, I think backyard is my number three. And what a what a great game! I love that. I love that that's on there because of the memories, man. Like this is what favorite means. We're not talking about the best, and yeah. so like there's so much that goes into favorites from nostalgia, from memories, from something stupid like the story I'm about to tell. Now, not only is my number two a great game and arguably deserves to be on this list, whether you're talking about favorite or best or anything, it's Super Smash Brothers, the original, uh, for my number two and. There's a lot that goes into that. Not only do I still enjoy playing it to this day, Pikachu is my main. I distinctly remember you being a Samus main. And so, and like, that's where I found out about Ness and then Earthbound and Mother. Like, I had no idea why, who Ness was and why he was in the game and what he came from. At that time, it was Earthbound. Who the fuck ever played Earthbound? And who's Captain Falcon? And why should I care about F-Zero? Oh my God, I can unlock Jigglypuff and Luigi, my favorite Mario brother. I'm just, it was so wonderful to clear your save data and in one sitting, go unlock the other characters. And since then, no other game has done break the targets and hop on the platforms since that. And it was done wonderfully. The speed runs of break the targets and board the platforms are awesome. They're so much fun to watch those speed runs. Uh, and that original just holds up so well. And Melee took it to 11. Brawl was okay. And Smash 4 and Ultimate are wonderful. But there's nothing quite like just flicking on your 64 with that original, the toy hand coming down and grabbing the toy Yoshi, dropping it limp on the table, and then boom, that commercial, me and you and you and me. And they're all just beating each other up in a flower field. It's so wonderful but this thing above all for me of why smash bros holds such a a, a wonderful place in my heart is the summer going into sixth grade between fifth and sixth so you have to understand this is a 11 year old greg like 1999 so like i was 11 and so on my wall my posters were dmx and nsync this is the type of person i was like, he didn't just, make sense. He literally didn't make sense. And and I skateboarded. Like it was I was all over the map as a youngster. And I distinctly remember in that summer, every it seemed like every day. I know it wasn't, but it seemed like every day, Mike Sequoia, Dan Levan, they'd come over my house, we'd play it. Mike or anytime uh Mike Sequoia got a Pokeball that was Venusaur, he would go Venustoice. I, I remember it clear as day. We would then walk to the da- uh, the Burger King in Frank or in Parkwood Shopping Center. Now it's a Dunks, and we I would get a hamburger, Mighty Kids meal with an orange soda. We'd then walk to the Dairy Queen. I'd get a vanilla Blizzard with Nerds, and it just felt. And then we'd go back and play more Smash, and it just felt like exactly the memory I want to hold on to as a thirty three year old fat guy. I just want to remember why I got fat, you know, 
Burger King and Dairy Queen will do that to you. But the memories I made and just like playing millions and millions felt like hours of Smash, man. We probably put over a thousand hours in it that summer alone. It was so wonderful. And the fact that I still have that cart, just it's it's special. So Super Smash Bros. and my number two sounds like it's my number one, but I even have a game that it was it was more my favorite. So back to you for your number one. Good memories were had at that Burger King. Yeah, dude. My number one from 1997, it is the Mario Kart. It, it's That's the most classic game for N64 to me. It literally reminds me of everyone I basically grew up with, you know, grade school, high school. That's where, you know, we, we always played kids growing up. We played sports. We'd come in. We played video games. When we were older, we partied video games. Like, it, it, it's, it never left anyone's you know, house. I felt like there was always one of us that had N64 was always one that was going for, for parties that was always there for the entertainment. And it, it, it just, again, Toad was my boy. If anyone was Toad, you know, I'd be pissed about it because Toad was the only one I, I wanted. Anyone else I didn't give a shit about. I, again, it, it's just something that just, I could just think about that game and just literally think fondly of all the times I probably broken an N64 paddle playing this game. <laughs> Uh, when the first night we moved into our apartment in Ben Salem on like a 27 inch TV in the back small bedroom, me, you and Ryan played Mario Kart 64 drinking game. And like, those are the memories, man. Like super Mario 64 was tough to leave off my list, but I can still access it on the switch right now with the Mario all-stars collection, but Mario Kart 64, I got to hook up my 64, pop the cartridge in and play it. And even then I'm most likely not having company. So like, you want to talk about a hard game to leave off the list. Damn it! Just like I'm sure for Damn you, it! GoldenEye was tough. For me, Mario Kart 64 was just was just so hard to leave off. And yeah. like you unlock mirror mode and you get like uh, just all the craziness. The new start screen when you when you beat. So like I'm with you, man. It was tough. Now, my question to you about Mario Kart 64 is if somebody did pick Toad, who was your backup? Or were you just fighting him to the death and saying, fuck off my character? I mean, I, I would basically try everything, but it, I would probably say it'd be Mario. Wow. Just, I don't know. I, again, I, I would just put, to- all I had was, to- yeah, that, that's, that's how I just had my boy. <laughs> no shock. I was a Luigi main in, uh, in Mario mm. Kart 64. Yeah. Oh, I love that game too. It was definitely difficult to leave off my list, but my number one, just like you had sung and predicted <laughs> and predicted golden eye. 007. It is currently in my N64, four feet from me. I can see the cart sticking out of the N64. Unplugged as it may be, that is still my go-to N64 game. I still can do a solo run of it really quickly on Agent, run through every level, just beat it in one sitting. I still love it so much. The speed run is one of the best speed runs of any game you will ever see. Co-op, single player, whatever. It's brilliant then to have like that xbox 360 remaster that like was never saw the light of day that was canceled that was cool as hell to watch that they redid that game it looks so good i wish that would have happened and you know it's just when you talk about fun and nostalgia four player action you know the good old days not knives only in the facility no Uh, odd job when i used to call it the faculty because i couldn't read no odd job. You're absolutely right. I was Jaws or I was like the monster guy, doctor, whatever. And like, man, just so much fun. And, and talk about a game playing on, in Pitta's old 55-inch TV that probably weighed about a ton. 
And like where you ran your nails up it and down it and it made oh, yeah. zoom, zoom, zoom. And like his dad had definitely had a stash he of dirty pissed. movies. He was pissed. Oh man, I loved it. And just just what a wonderful experience. And people say no. it doesn't hold up today. And I'm just like, are no, you serious? I, I, no, honestly, you know, when I think back on everything, it's like, you know, we we literally grew up at the perfect, perfect time. time. Like, we got the taste of everything. Like we got a little I'm bit sorry, of eighties. I'm so happy born being born in the very late late eighties just to to get the nineties, experience the two thousands, and very fortunate. Yeah, man. I I say it to Ashley at least once every few months is the exact same words. I'm lucky to have been born in the late eighties because the nineties to me are still the best decade, you know, I've ever experienced, and I've experienced. We're in our fourth now, our third. So like, it's it's awesome. I loved it. Goldeneye is a classic. And we want to know yours. And we had some people on social media that gave us our or gave us yours and your list and your favorites. Goldeneye was on all of them, which was great. Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask. We heard a lot of that. So keep it rolling. If you're listening to this, shoot us a DM. Shoot us a text if you know us in real life. Let us know your favorite N64 games because this console is our, it's just one of the greatest consoles of all time. I don't want to hear the haters that say it doesn't hold up. I don't want to hear the haters that say the controller's bad. Yeah, it had its problems. But, like, if you can get good at an N64 analog stick, I don't want to hear nothing about these newfangled consoles because that shit was hard to master. Yeah, it was the, the, the oddest controller, but at the same time, I loved it. Three classic Mario Party games, Banjo-Kazooie, Conker's Bad Fur Day, like 1080 snowboarding. This console had Pokemon Snap, Pokemon Stadium. Stadium yeah. and, just, like, and, and like there's so many different lists. Though. I mean, they're all good games. It's to, to absolutely like lead them off, it's... It was tough. <sighs> to only stick with the top three, this was arguably one of the hardest... You know, ones where, listen, we cheated a little bit. We both gave a little bit of four, a little bit. I even went a little bit of five action. Like, it's cool. I'd even go six if I could. I'm not. I'll save it. But, like, this console is just, it's wonderful to be celebrated. Now, Nintendo, wise up and please give us N64 games on Nintendo Switch Online or at least a mini. Just give us at least a mini. Oh, man. Oh, That would be the first mini I would buy. I would probably just buy it to keep it sealed and I don't even need to open it. One story in music, then we'll go to Sam CGCTCG. And my story music is a review of uh, This Is The Way from the Brown Goose. And they're an up-and-coming band. Uh, and I was more than happy. Thank you to our friends at Big Picture Media for um, the opportunity to review it. And what I'd like to say about the Brown Goose is it's this is a band I had no idea what to expect going in. And so I listened to a song based on the recommendation of, of Big Picture and uh, I said, absolutely would, would love to review this record. And so this is the way as an EP. It's seven songs. It's 33 minutes. So it's chunky. It's meaty. I really like that. It came out June 11th. So we're just around the two week mark since its release. Um, now, this is what I'm going to have to say about it. This is not a record for everybody. I'm going to jump off the bat and say that if you are into it, you're going to be totally sucked in. If it's not for you, I think you're going to find pieces. So for me, what what worked and what didn't work. I think the lead singer is phenomenal. I think he's got a great voice. But did you ever listen to a band or, you know, just a piece of music in general that the lead singer didn't fit the style? Oh, my God. Yeah, of course. And that's what I'm feeling here. I feel like the style of music that the Brown Goose plays, which, by the way, is my favorite part, is the arrangements, is the the melodies, is the harmonies, is, is the... I love the music. I was extremely drawn to it, especially running in the streets. If I had to recommend a song on this record, that's my go-to 100% song on this record. 
And then the, the lead singer kicks on and he's phenomenal. I don't want to uh, split hairs on that. I just don't think his voice fits with the music so much. And I also like to say that the production on the record, it's, it's not bad. It's just, it sounds a little, the, 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 the actual music itself, the arrangement sounds a little hollow. And I don't mean that like it sounds empty. I mean, it literally sounds like you're in a, in a, you know, the acoustics were a little weird in the room or it sounds just like, you know, you hear it in like a little bit of a vacuum. And, and so while again, it's one of those records where I, I can't recommend it to everybody. And it's one of those things where if you hear it and you gravitate towards it, you're going to be obsessed with it. And that's awesome. It didn't grab me in that way. I could listen to the music all day long. I could separately listen to this lead singer. I'm sorry. His name's escaped me all day long. But for me, the two just didn't come together in a way that meshed well for me. I love the individual pieces. I think it's, it's one of those things where the parts are greater than the sum. As a matter of fact, instead of that opposite of the sum is greater than the parts. To me, I think the parts are greater than the sum. And that's not a knock on this is the way. It's a good record. It's just not something that I could say. Like for me, I can recommend anything to anybody. Um, but for me, this is one of those things where it's a specific audience. And if you're going to gravitate towards it, it's going to hit you hard. It's and, just and, not for everyone. And one thing I always appreciate, I can always appreciate your honesty, Greg. You never, you know, just, you know, just, you know, say some bullshit. You always kind of just, you know, whether how you feel, you're, you're straight to the point. And, you know, hopefully our listeners appreciate that also. I just don't want to come off as disingenuous. I never want to just get a hashtag free product and say, oh, it's the greatest thing in the world because we have the opportunity to review it and you don't sucker. I'd like to give my honest opinion and there will be fans of this pod that will like this is the way. I mean, shit, for the name alone, extra techie's going to listen to it. You know what I mean? The Mandalorian reference is strong with this one and I could see that. And so, you know, and I think some of our audience will gravitate towards it if you give it a shot. But for me as the reviewer, for somebody who's listened to it eight times through, you know, that's hours and hours and hours. And it just, it just was not able to connect. So again, uh, thank you to our friends at Big Picture. Thank you to the, to the Brown Goose. I don't think this is like a detriment or uh, something that should be taken away from them. I just, I got to call it like it is. And this record just didn't quite hit for me. I don't give scores on music reviews. I never do. So I'll leave that out. I would just say it's on Spotify. Like if you have it, try it. If you don't Check like it, it out, it's free. Can't hurt. Like don't listen to it if it's not for you, but you you should at least try it because I'll tell you again, lead singer is wonderful. Musical arrangements are wonderful. When you mix together, it just doesn't hit. So that'll be my t- uh, thoughts on This Is The Way by The Brown Goose. Sam, take us home with your CGC TCG. Spotlight this week is going to be on a card that came from the pack Fossil. This is a first edition hollow, 13 out of 62. This is Muck. Came out in 1999. First edition Fossil set. I have this in it. Eight. A near mint to mint copy. We have the centering graded at a nine, the surface at an eight five, the corners at an eight, and the edges as at an eight. And again, if you when you submit to CGC, if you want to make sure you get them subgrade cards, you have to make sure you check that box. Because I know my first run through when I did it, I I happened to just miss that little checkbox and I missed it. I think it's like an extra maybe like 10 bucks or something like that just to get this. Just like I know you always hear people get the PSA cards where it's like, oh. How did I get that eight? How did I get that nine? You know, they don't give you them subgrades. So it's good to know where you actually got docked from. So again, there's still no CGC pop report. I went over and looked at PSAs. 
there's a total of 1,173 graded mucks. There's actually one one. I don't know why why you even grade that one. There's two out of four. There's eight out of five. 17 out of six. 36 out of seven. 122 out of eight. 621 out of nine. And 365 out of 10. So actually, there was more tens than I actually thought there would be for Muck. It's, you know, Pokemon that's, it's, he's really, let's be honest, he's, a lot of people don't really give a shit about him. Whoa, kinda, whoa, whoa. No, no, no. no. It's the truth. It's like from, from watching a lot of PokeTubers from PokeRev and, and Radar and all them guys, like, everyone kind of shits on Muck. And I'm like, I'm over here like, damn, I, I always liked him from the show. Like, Muck was always kind of, you know, like he was just different, but I always liked him. Ash catches a muck, and so like I always liked that muck. He was playful, and he stank, and he, he smothered Professor Oak, and probably killed him if it was real life. And his Alolan form is amazing. I love Alolan muck, but muck is underrated to me. I, you know, that's not no. just me being a Gen Oneer. I truly like muck. No, no, no. And, and so do I. So it's like when I see the hate on YouTube, I'm like, oh man, why is everybody hating on muck? Like they, they'll pull his card, like ah, just well, a muck. You it's, know it's, what I mean? It's cool to hate Gen One these days because. You well, know. and I just think it's it's probably one of the least probably expensive hollows in the fossil set. Even you know, even if it's first edition, like this card's probably only worth maybe like a hundred, hundred twenty five bucks, something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, again, it's a, a card that again from the show. I liked it, had it, figured I'd give it a spotlight. So that was this week, Muck first edition fossil at an eight. He was the first Pokemon that we made sexual innuendos to because of the way it sounds when you spell it backwards. We just that's what we did as kids, and that's and he is a pile of goo. So you know, there's that. Uh, We're immature we, assholes. That's right, and we still are. Before we get out of here, though, um, just really quick, I forgot to say this at the top of the show. There was a band slash artist. His name is Hobo Johnson. I have talked about him on this podcast of the Cows Come Home. He's been my pick of the week. I love his stuff, especially Romeo and Juliet, one of my favorite songs. And he just released a new record. And I was like, this is going to be my pick of the week. It's going to be on my albums of the year and uh, at the end of the year. And I will say this. It's going to make one of my lists at the end of the year. But it sure as shit is not going to be my top three favorite albums. Oh, Jesus. The most disappointing record I have heard in 2021 so far is his new record, The Revenge of Hobo Johnson. I get where he was going. It is the complete opposite direction of where I was hoping he was going. I do not recommend it for the first time. A piece of Hobo Johnson music I do not recommend. So I'm just going to throw that out there as my non-pick of the week. is Hobo Johnson, the revenge of Hobo Johnson. It just missed completely. So there was that. That was episode 242, everybody. Thank you so much for hanging on. I was being a negative Nelly tonight in the music space, so I apologize. But we'll get back on track next week with episode 243. Thanks for hanging out. We appreciate you. We'll see you next week for episode 243. Hang it up, Indiana.